0: Your beauty is our duty. Arganísima
1: New York. Welcome back to the iHealth Channel, iHealth Radio, a new day, a new show, a new guest with your host, the one, the only Hurricane Age. And today's show is going to be a unique show. And I've, every show is unique in its own way. But but there's a reason I'm, I'm stating, you know, making the statement is because uh, in a couple of instances in prior shows, I had uh, a mention or a discussion or brief discussion about uh, what I refer to as a concept and we're going to Cover that up today and get a clarity on that one. But the concept of hypnosis or the, the principle of hypnosis or the phenomena of hypnosis, and we'll talk about that and, and get the definition from our expert today. But hypnosis is, is really wildly uh, interesting uh, in a lot of things. I mean, there's skeptics. Uh, is it real? Does it work? Uh, is it dangerous? All these things have always come up as, as potential questions. I've seen it in action a few times. But today, I finally got, you know, got ourselves, you know, our, you know, specialist, Robert Parker, who is actually a clinical therapist, well, hypnotherapist, and uh, he's an expert in hypno- hypnosis and hypnotherapy, and he's going to guide us through the concept as I refer to it. And I know that he is going to guide me and he's going to actually clarify that word concept and remo- we're going to remove that from our uh, <laughs> vocabulary here and when we discuss and cover hypnosis as, as, as a, a principle. So I, I want to have something to call it. So this is this is going to be important <laughs> when I refer to it. So first things first, as always, thank you for being on the show, Robert, and welcome. And uh, I was looking forward to this. And I'm happy. I'm excited. I think our audiences will, will enjoy this this particular session because it's going to you know resonate with a lot of people. Uh, whether they believe in it, they know what it is, they've tried it, not tried it, doesn't matter. Today, we're going to you know, bust all the myths about it and clarify about it and, and get more into deep stuff about it. So Excellent. first things first, um, you know, if you don't mind, give us a little bit of your, your background. Uh, and and then we'll go into like the topic of the day.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, my name is Jay Robert Parker. I am a union certified master hypnotist with the Hypnotherapist Union Local 472. And I own Twin Ravens Hypnotherapy and Research LLC. Uh, I was educated at HMI College of Hypnotherapy uh, via a 720-hour postgraduate program, and this is this is my calling. This is what I do. Uh, it's it's for the first time I say I, I love my job because I truly do. Wow. But, yeah. Not not a lot of people
1: can say that they love that job. I can tell you that. No,
0: <laughs> I I haven't until now.
1: Well, there you go. Well, again, I mean, I, I think that's a good thing to start with because people in general are always uh, not happy about what they do, and, and I think that's important to 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 mm-hmm. believe and 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 really enjoy what you do, and uh, when you don't. Maybe that's the time to start looking for something better. Oh,
0: that's different. pretty much how how I've worked. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's all of us, right? But yeah. uh, you know, but so 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 you you said postgraduate, so that means you've you've had a different background, and then you've changed it, and you went through this particular formation, and uh, you 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 got into this somehow. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. first things first, why and and how did you get the the, the, re, the Just to, to think about it, like,
0: you know, I'm just going to become a hypnotist, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of how it happened. Like, okay, so most of my career, I've been an artist, <clears throat> specifically a tattoo artist. And recently, I kind of moved states, kind of wanted to get away, start over. And I found myself working as a chef. And um, the pandemic hit. And I didn't have a job and I was dating a waitress at that same place, so we didn't have a job. And it kind of came to me to figure out something to do. And I, I have nothing if not a bag of tricks of ways to make money. And one of the ways I had never done that before that I attempted was I began reading tarot cards professionally. And uh, making pretty good money doing it. And I found that I was less reading people's fortune, so to speak. And I was more using the archetypes that are present in the tarot cards to uh, give people perspective, to kind of give them a, that new perspective on their problems. Because if, if you're calling up a phone psychic, you, you've got something that you need to talk about. And that's what I was doing. And I found out there's a few people I genuinely helped. And I kind of got to thinking to myself, well, how do I do? How do I just focus on this aspect? How do I just do this? And uh, funny story, before the algorithm put the hypnotherapy college in front of me, I had minimal interest in hypnosis my only exposure to it previously was a kooky book from 1907 written on the subject. And it's in retrospect, very wacky. And I, I, I had this, this school come across my page and it sounded interesting. It was kind of, kind of down the line of what I was looking into doing. So I called the school talked with their admissions a little bit and was pretty interested. They presented some things to me that, that really interested me because it really doesn't focus on hypnosis. It's what you do with hypnosis because I can teach my six-year-old kids how to hypnotize somebody in an hour. It's easy. The, the, the putting someone in trance is not a difficult thing. Uh, it's the, the what do you do with it? It's the education around that, the how the subconscious works, how to speak to the subconscious, things like that. That's where my training came in. And I was in school for about three, three classes before my mind was just completely blown. And I spent the next series of time getting my mind consistently blown by things I learned, things I did, things things i personally experienced so it was a circuitous but interesting road that got here
1: <laughs> well, well i mean your story is very interesting because first of all uh, you mentioned the pandemic and uh you know uh you were looking for other things mm-hmm. and and you know what i've had many people on the show that that their lives uh, or lives actually have changed in mm-hmm. you know since the pandemic you know hit us two years ago and they literally found their callings for yeah. true
0: True, Absolutely. true stories.
1: I mean, this is, this is like, even this, I mean, I, I started yeah. just before the pandemic, literally, but, but really it took off better, you know, in the pandemic. Yeah, it allowed you to focus. Exactly. And I had the time and I was able to establish a lot of things and you and, and built nicely. So, so, so I can, I can relate to it personally. Yeah.
0: A lot of people followed their passion because here it is. What's your other choice? What are you going to do? You can't do anything else. So do what you love. And people discovered that, That's what they wanted to do and that they could do that. And we were people that I talked to my clients that are like coming to me with success oriented things a lot about how this is a very significant time because before to, to, to follow your passion was such a massive risk. You had to give up everything, risk all of these things. The risk just got taken for you like the the risk aspect is gone. So you people realized they no longer had an excuse to not follow their dreams. Now you had the ability to. So be it learning another language or playing an instrument or pursuing a new career. There was a lot of that that happened. I think that was cool. Uh,
1: It it, it is. I mean, it was. And and again, sometimes we looked at the pandemic as a tragedy, which it it is and it was and it still is, you know, to a degree. But a lot of people, you know, uh, addressed it, you know, in their own ways. And to your point, many have found a calling and, and, and took advantage of the time that they had. Uh, and to your point, it also clarified a lot of things. So you had a, a job, and all of a sudden you didn't have a job, yeah. <laughs> and that that gives you the question, like, wait a minute, what I've been doing? I mean, I should be thinking something different. Maybe this is mm-hmm. time for me to begin again or exactly. restart my life in a different way. And and they did. So so now let's talk about the topic of today. So hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Now I have been exposed to it uh, a couple of times, as a matter of a few times, uh, you know, as a matter of fact. So I've I've watched it. <laughs> I've participated in it. I have, uh, you know, in 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 my workspace, like in the business world, in corporate, uh, we've used a session one time where we had, a, you know, Hypnosis come in and, and do a session for us, uh, for our sales team. Uh, I've also tried it because I was a little bit skeptical, <laughs> you know, and and mm-hmm. I was on a ship and, uh, you know, and, and cruises, they do bring in some, some awesome, you know, uh, talent and uh, uh, it was Three times, three different ships, three cruising, you know, where they had, you know, a hypnosis, you know, session or a few sessions. Mm-hmm. And, of course, some of them are fun because to watch just people on the stage and getting oh, yeah. crazy, that's, that's awesome. But, but, so, of course, the question is, like, like everybody's like, is, is that really working? Are these people really, like, in it? Are these people, like, really, you know, doing that? And, or, you know, for me, for, for, for the first thing was, I don't want to be on there because I don't know what my <laughs> personality is no. going to look like. So That's so the they, thing. <laughs> well, oh, 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 oh. so before that, so, so then one day they had a special session. They say, okay, if you guys just participated in this and you'll see, experience it. So I was like, you know what the hell? I'm going to do this. And they did a topic about food. So like, you know, how, like how to control your food habits and maybe like even lose weight. Not that I didn't need, to, need, need I didn't need to lose weight, but at the same time, I needed to have maybe a better habit about how That's to cool. eat and control my 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 just appetite, right?
0: Most people can't, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, 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 and believe it or not, I took the session. I even timed the session, and to my dismay, it was like almost like whoa! It was uh, it felt like five minutes. And it was 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And when I when I kind of realized that it was like real. So I, I started believing that it's real. And and of course I did more research and I understand it's real. And I talked to the, the 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 hypnotherapist, you know, at the time. And what what I noticed though is actually it worked for for years. I really didn't have the need to eat as much as I did before. I was very in control of what I uh, picked up and food and things like that. It, it, it actually worked in, in terms of what I needed to achieve from that particular session. Absolutely. So for me, it did work, but so, so let's, I know you were excited, you ready to actually jump on the mic and tell us about that. But so let's talk about what is the definition of hypnosis? How does it really work? And then we can talk about the skeptics and, you know, uh, who does it work for? Who does it not work for? Is it for um, everyone and all the good stuff?
0: Well, there is, No such thing as I cannot be hypnotized. Uh, That is not a thing. There, it is a natural process that you are in a minimum of twice a day, 30 minutes before you go to sleep and 30 minutes after you wake up, you are in the trance state. And what is the trance state? Well, the trance state is the elevated theta pattern of your brain. So our brain has different wave patterns for different purposes. Alphas relaxed, betas attentive, gammas are information gathering, deltas sleep, then we have theta patterns. Theta patterns are present in hypnosis, in meditation, in deep prayer. It is debatable what it's actually used for, but it serves a very unusual purpose and it's encountered some very unusual consistent places. And so there's these people that say like, oh, I'm skeptical if hypnosis exists, then you're skeptical of sleep. Then you are skeptical of what is a natural process of the human body. And there's these people that say, oh, I can't be hypnotized. One, they're the quickest ones to put under. (laughs) Two, it's just fear that makes them say it. We all want to think we cannot be hypnotized, but we are every day even if it's by ourselves or if it's by media and advertising and all of that, all of these things are hypnotic in nature. Now to actually kind of give an explanation as to what is happening with hypnosis, what the anatomy of hypnosis is. So your mind is divided into different sections, so to speak. And at your very, very core Base level is what's called your primitive mind, fight, flight, or freeze. It is your, your lizard brain, so to speak, the, the instinct. And above that, you have what makes up the vast majority of your mental process, and that is your subconscious. That is everything from automatic function in the body, heartbeat, things like that, to your associations. Uh, your learned behaviors, things like that. And the easiest way for me to illustrate what an association or learned behavior means is we all have a smell that links us directly back to a childhood memory. And that memory is vivid. You can see it, you can smell it, you can taste it. It takes you back to a crystallized moment. That's association. Uh, That is actually what's referred to as an anchor because it is a a piece of sensory input that anchors you to a memory or a feeling and that can be utilized in hypnosis. Anyway, so your subconscious makes up, depending on the data you're looking at, between 80 to 90% of your mind. The remaining leftovers is your conscious mind. And all your conscious mind is in charge of is active processes, logic, reason, decision-making, that's it. And in between those two things is something called the critical filter. Sometimes in other modalities, it's referred to as the gatekeeper. And what this does is this filters information from and into your subconscious for processing or for use and what the elevated theta state of trance does is it removes that critical filter and allows the subconscious to be directly communicated with. So that's the long and boring of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so there's a couple of things. I mean, I I, I did mention concept earlier, mm. and I know you looked at me like, mm. <laughs> it, you know. So 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 let's let's just get rid of that word. Obviously, it's not a concept. It's real,
0: and you well, you. I can run with something. I can't play devil's advocate even there because right. consciousness is a concept. The subconscious is a concept. And that's the interesting thing about what I do is everything about what I have said and will say is evidentially provable, reproducible, it is science. With that in mind, what even am I working with What is the conscious mind? It's like being able to repair a car without being able to tell you what that car even does, who made it or what it's for. But I can make it go. I can make it do a thing, but I don't know anything else about it because no one does. That's one of those questions that's just out there. What is the mind even? Yet it is my office, essentially. It's where I work
1: amazing it's a mystery but we we've well i mean there's a lot of things right i mean we you know some people believe in 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 uh soul right you know and in, mm-hmm. in you know spirit and all this stuff <laughs> uh, we haven't seen a lot of things but we believe in them right <laughs> some of us at least yeah. you know in concept yeah. right
0: well we know we're present we know we we have ev- right. consciousness is evident in every single person because we can all perceive it yet mm-hmm. we cannot define it we cannot we the only reason we know it's real is because each and one of every one of us on earth experiences it every day. So it's a weird (laughs) question. It's always one I like to. It's fun. it's
1: fun it's fun yeah. well well let me let me ask you this so so you mentioned earlier that you know hypnosis is present with us daily mm-hmm. uh i mean you said before we go to sleep you know mm-hmm. uh, when we wake up and throughout the day now mm-hmm. i know i've heard of road hypnosis which i've experienced yep. you know oh, many yeah. times oh, yeah. i just you know you could drive into the same you know destination and one day you're on the phone you're talking and you're really going somewhere else and you want you that take the, yeah. yeah and you space out you either take that same road that you always took or, and then you're like, what the hell? Or sometimes you don't even realize that you've yeah. got through the whole thing until you get to your destination. Exactly. Uh, and, and that happened to me. And I think everybody watching and listening probably can be, right. oh, that happened to me too. So, mm-hmm. and so that's that's actually a, a very simple thing. But to your point, it's it's subconsciously, you, your mind is already working it. You know, it's like, you don't even care anymore about driving, you mm-hmm. just drive.
0: Oh, highway and, hypnosis is absolutely actually hypnosis. <laughs>
1: It, it it listen i wouldn't even deny it because i know yeah. many times i mean you know yeah. over the years that i've seen it especially when you take the same route all the time
0: mm-hmm. you're like you're
1: talking and stuff you don't even pay attention to anything going on you're just like in the zone and then all of a sudden you're like oh damn what happened <laughs> i'm that, here already
0: that that process of subconscious knowing that's kind of one of the the things that we use in hypnosis because when when it's, it's, it's called the hypnotic law of repetition. Whenever you have repeated something enough times, it becomes natural. And normally you have to do something many, 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 many times to get to that point, to get your subconscious to assume mastery, so to speak. Or you can do that in hypnosis. The subconscious simply has to be convinced that you know that you can. Ask any professional athlete how they perform. They don't doubt. They know. They know they're able to run that fast. They know they're able to perform the skills needed far in excess of most people. There is no doubt. There is no moment of, hey, can I do this? Their subconscious simply knows. And the knowing is one of the things that makes them so good at what they do. And it's the same with everything in life. It's simply just the knowing.
1: Well, it's like we say, practice makes perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, yeah. and you're doing it physically, consciously, but I think subconsciously you're doing it as well. So that's, that's I think, where that, that comes from.
0: Well, here's an interesting study that has popped up in the hypnotherapy community. Uh, when guided through hypnotically on a skill, be it a golf game or bowling or sport, whatever have you, take your pick. Uh, Through the use of something called mirror neurons that exist in the brain, you are able to see an improvement in performance just from walking somebody through something in hypnosis. It is almost the same as if you had actually done so, if you had actually done that practice. Visualization is key. And there's an interesting reason for that. And that is your subconscious is incapable of differentiating between fact and fiction an imagined event is just the same to it as a real event which a lot of interesting things can be said about reality at that point but <laughs> the it's to, to see this illustrated i assume you've seen a movie uh, <laughs> uh have you ever seen a movie that made you sad or angry or feel anything
1: of course of
0: course yeah <laughs> i don't think anyone out there absolutely <laughs> yeah
1: i don't know anyone with this
0: Why it's a lie, it's it's a falsehood, it's a fiction. You know logically, this thing does not exist for real, yet you feel all of these authentic emotions. Mm -hmm. Why you consciously know it's a lie, you subconsciously cannot tell the difference. So that is part of the way hypnosis is used therapeutically, is our memories exist as a perception to talk about, let's say, trauma, because I work with a lot of overcoming traumatic memory. Mm -hmm. Um, Our perception, our remembrance of that memory is what determines the way we feel about it. And if our remembrance does not focus upon the traumatic parts, then the trauma itself fades. So it's all, because memory is a weird thing we want to think that memory is perfect and that we recall things so well. Uh, Witness testimony is considered to be one of the worst forms of evidence in court because you can put 10 different people in front of a single thing and ask them what happened and they'll give you 10 10 different stories stories, (laughs) and they will each believe that they saw it from their perspective. And As far as your world, your reality, your experience is concerned, yes, that is the case because objective does not matter when it comes to memory. As much as people want to think that they're logical or thinking creatures, objective memory is near impossible because there is always lenses of bias. There's always lenses of experience and whatever have you, we, every everything shapes our perception and our perception shapes our memory. And that perception can be changed very easily.
1: Well, Robert, you, you, you know, you're really hitting a lot of <laughs> deep stuff here, but, but the, the, one of the elements I do believe, by the way, um, that reality is, 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 it depends on whose reality it is? because yeah. right now you're on, on the other side of this camera <laughs> i'm on this side here but yeah. your experience in the world based on your reality and exactly. yeah, we're exchanging this you know together we're we are we have an exchange here, but the way i recall it and we i i've had this debate with many people where the two of us can look at something and and literally I, and we see this like when when we say something's beautiful something's ugly mm-hmm. or whatever uh-huh. and, and two people have you know two different opinions about the same you know person or, or thing right Oh my god that's mm-hmm. great art. Oh that's ugly. That's because they've seen it from a different reality. This exactly. is like you know I mean we're it's amazing because the timing is almost perfect for this discussion because we we just you know we know that meta is the new name of facebook mm-hmm. <laughs> or the company behind you know all these these platforms but the metaverse which is a new thing that is that upcoming and it's big right now it's coming up it's like almost mm-hmm. the next virtual life that we might have to socialize in but really that's exactly that, that's just a human way of making it but there is beyond that i mean this is like almost as as people may refer to as a matrix <laughs> or, i
0: mean there is if you want to get out there There is (laughs) a whole field of quantum sciences that exist. And those are the ones researching consciousness and what it means to think and exist. And there is far more research successfully being done in that area than most people think. And, uh, one of my, my heroes is this man named Dr. Dean Radin. He runs the Institute of noetic sciences and, he, that's what they do. They do research on consciousness, on, on perception, on reality, so to speak. And one of the consistent indications that they have is that thought is capable of affecting reality. Our intent is capable of affecting reality. And that's one of the things that I, if somebody is coming to me and they want to change something about their life, one of the first things that I really discuss with them is this concept called homeostasis. And that is best described as our normal, what your subconscious views as your expectations from life. And this is the reason that we become wildly successful. This is also the reason we stay in abusive relationships because of our own self-perception. And if you think back to any time where you've changed your life, where you have decided that it is time to be something different, to do something different, it hasn't been as a series of gradual logical decisions. It is because your current situation becomes intolerable. So you you raise up your expectations of your world and your world forms around you. And there are many different ways to explain this. Uh, have you ever heard of the law of attraction? Yes. About the whole of the secret thing. Well, there's a scientific explanation for that. And the explanation lies in something called the reticular activating system. I actually just taught a class on this. So I can show you it is that. This is your reticular activating system, and it does a few things. Uh, one of the main things that it does is it filters uh, people, places, things, information, visual data, everything around your goals. Um, every, anytime people talk about how, oh, it just seems like everything fell into place, yeah, it seems like that because it was a subconscious process working over time to make sure that you noticed the appropriate things in your world. Um, and another function of the reticular system is it's what controls your transition to sleep. And in that, it controls your transition to trance. So these, the exact same system that I work with to put people in and out of trance happens to be the same system that your brain uses to direct you towards your goals and i yeah the law of attraction is nice if that's what you have to say to to believe it that's cool and all but to me it is an oversimplification of what is a magnificent function of the human mind that we are able to when we set our mind to it literally mold our reality into what we desire and there isn't anything metaphysical about that there isn't even anything theoretical about that it is tangible and provable and many people have experienced it and that same perception of reality is one of the things that i work with and it's again i i work with a large variety of issues because I work fully remote, this this as you see it is my office, and I have clients who want to lose weight. I have clients uh, with combat PTSD. I have clients overcoming severe childhood trauma. I have clients that want to stop smoking. Mm. I have one client wants to improve his, improve his golf game. It's nice. it's this this wild variety of things that I am capable of helping with because my, my joking slogan that I almost actually made official, but decided against was it's all in your head because (laughs) it is everything. Every single thing is in your head, reality, your sense of self, time, perception, everything exists to you only And only in your head, there's nowhere else in this moment in space time that it exists. Everything that you are and were and will be exists within your head. And my modality is the way that you directly interact within that system. And it's it's different from, say, talk therapy or something like that. Because talk therapy, you talk about your problems, which I'm not really a big fan of. We'll talk about your problems a little bit. But like I say, like if I'm working with somebody with trauma, I will never ask you what happened. Very rarely. That's not our concern. I'm not going to ask you to relive that. All I need to know is that something happened at this point in your life. And from there, we work on diminishing association. And the diminishing association starts with the, I don't need to hear about that. We don't need to speak about that. This isn't vital to, to that healing. And it starts right there. Someone's healing starts from the moment they call me for a consultation. Because I set up expectations of where we're going to go. And one of the things I'm asked a lot is, of course, how long does this take? Mm -hmm. And there's no answer for that because I don't know you only, you know, you again, it's all in your head. And what I can say is that on a session to session basis, you will see change. You will know change. And based upon that session to session change, you will be able to have a good idea of how close you are to your goals. And it's, Honestly, it's kind of entertaining because it's, it's, doubly so a question I don't want to answer because most of my clients right now, we're not even working on what they came to me for anymore. The, the, the work has been done, the progress has been made and they're still coming back because we were able to foster this substantial change in your life to make you lose the weight, stop smoking the cigarettes to sleep a full night without pain. And now you, what else would you do logically? But think, well, where else can I do this? What else can I improve? So that's what we're doing. That's, we just move on to other things. You came for pain. Let's talk about your perception. Let's make it easier for you to work out. Let's, whatever you want, whatever have you, the, the way that you want to, to customize your own thinking, so to speak. Is what we do. My clients, they we get this these results, and they keep coming back because mm-hmm. the, the pain's gone or the weight's gone or this you haven't smoked. So what else can we do? What else can we improve in your life? What what other thinking can we improve? And that's that's one of the things that makes hypnosis so incredibly powerful is the fact that everything does only exist within our own head in the end the only voice that really exists to us is that voice in our own head that's the most powerful voice in our life and one of the things i'd like to ask first and foremost is whose voice is that is it your own is it your parents whose is it what is your internal voice because it's not the same with everyone at all some people hear their father some people hear themselves some people hear a friend it's interesting as to whose who's voice pops up and everyone's internal monologue. And learning that is generally an important thing to working with someone in hypnosis because I have this very interesting idea that we are all children. We all exist as an eight-year-old child in our head. Because that's our primary stage of development, age zero to eight. And so at our core, what it means to be you is to be that eight-year-old version of yourself. And what it means to be an adult is to learn how to parent that version of yourself. And that's why it's important to me to ask, who's your internal voice? Because many times I find that people speak to themselves very abusively and hold themselves to a very kind of aggressive standard that they won't necessarily hold to other people. And that is, the first question I ask is, would you want to speak to your own child that way? Or would you want someone to speak to you that way when you were that age? Because that's effectively what you're doing. Because if you think about when we react to something viscerally, when it is a a core gut reaction, it's the same way you reacted to things as a child. And it's just layered with more complex emotion and learning on top of it. But that first visceral reaction is identical to our childhood reaction because we're all just bigger, stronger kids by the time we grow up. We have different developmental phases stacked on top of it, but at our core, we are always that small child version of ourselves
1: wow well that, that that's a lot of stuff to absorb right now <laughs> <laughs> so the audience is like wait a minute you know you know it's funny i have to say you have a unique voice i mean you. you really could hypnotize someone quickly
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hold on am i still awake i don't know
0: <laughs> i uh well, i actually want a bet because i bet one of my peers that i could him with the phone book uh and did <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm not even bad with you man <laughs> but it, it would be an interesting thing right yeah well well you know look, i mean uh, first of all thank you for for clarifying that and, and oh, there's absolutely. There, there's a couple of things you mentioned one being um it's on it's all in your mind right mm-hmm. and and one of the things that I can possibly maybe refer to is the dream world, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, we sleep and you really live your dream. I mean, it feels real. You have a life, you're talking, maybe some, sometimes different languages. <laughs> you're traveling, you're flying, you're doing all kinds of stuff that is unique in that dream world. You talked about quantum and, and all these research, but the dream world, I mean, like if we were to ask this question today to everyone watching and listening, uh is this real or you're dreaming do you know that maybe this is the dream you're gonna wake up now and all of a sudden this show will be just a dream it, it's kind of deep stuff it's like, mm-hmm. you're like it's mind-blowing stuff like whoa well, yeah. what the hell <laughs> you know and some people will be like oh, sure. man, this is like a crazy show right <laughs> but so, the fact matter, these are real you know questions yeah. and people sometimes don't reflect on them
0: absolutely so, and it's funny you mentioned dream therapy or dreams because dream therapy was part of my training mm-hmm. uh and we actually have three different types of dreams. Uh, we have uh, the predictive phase of our dreams where it's just what it sounds like. It's our subconscious taking known data and trying to predict things. Uh, and then there's what can basically be referred to as like the the fantasy phase. It's the riding a lobster into IHOP phase. It's where we get our weird dreams. And... <laughs> the dreams that I am interested in and that do hold significance are what's called venting dreams. And those occur at the end of your sleep cycle. If you've woken up out of a dream, that is a venting dream and likely has significance. Now here's the trick. Uh, I tell a lot of people that I do dream interpretation and dream therapy. And you think I have a dictionary of predefined terms of what a symbol means and that is horse crap that does not work like for example like in one of those books a snake is normally defined as a symbol of some type of impending doom what if you're a snake farmer like what if you love this. snakes <laughs> like and that's that's where the key of dream interpretation lies is your personal symbology your personal metaphors what does this dream mean to you. And that's where my dream interpretation comes in. Oftentimes I'll have clients send me in a full typed out kind of report on their dreams. And I'll actually go through highlighters and pens and all of that and deconstruct that dream into its full meaning, because your subconscious speaks in symbols and metaphor and in inference, it doesn't speak in logic and language. That's only your conscious mind that does that. But your subconscious, it's 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 language. It's literal language is is is, is it's the it's the dream language. It's symbols. It's what is this odd? What what does riding the lobster into the IHOP actually mean? <laughs> and it's. It's kind of trippy because it's a much more accurate form of dream interpretation because you get to the crux of what that dream means to that person. And oftentimes you can use that information to resolve something that is bothering that person in their conscious waking life. You just have to be able to work with them and adapt their symbols into a language that you and they can understand.
1: Well, so Robert, you since we're talking about dreams right now, uh, what about the concept of daydreaming?
0: I mean, is that? Oh, that's is that a,
1: it's exactly. So that is exactly what the state uh, of hypnosis is. Uh-huh. 100%. Right.
0: Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. Well,
1: so that, that answers that.
0: <laughs> and I, that's always been a thing with me. Like I can space out that fast. And I've always thought I was just a space cadet because I could just <laughs> literally stare at a wall and just start running through all of these thoughts and experiences, things like that. And I come to find out that I basically just live in my subconscious that at the slightest drop of a hat, I'll just kind of drop my own critical mind and hang around in my subconscious. And it's something I've done since I was a small child. So my entire life has been spent preparing to work in this state. And like when I work with clients, I don't use scripts. I don't read off of anything. I, I come in with a handful of notes as to questions I want to ask. But other than that, it's all me connecting with my individual client and giving them a personalized experience based upon how their own subconscious reacts and speaks. And I can, through the process of watching somebody and me myself going partially into that state with them, monitor their reactions. I can see when a suggestion had impact. I can see when a suggestion was rejected. I can see when someone goes deeper. It's, it's an interesting thing to watch because one of the things that struck me as the most profound about hypnosis was the physiological reactions that occur as someone goes in, your eyes will move, your breathing changes there's ways that the body moves in hypnosis that are not the way the conscious body moves at all. And it's that, that physiological difference that stands out so much to me because you can't fake that. I, I have, uh, I used to be an EMT for a little while. So I have a little bit of medical training and it's the things that I saw for those first couple of classes, I knew that's not fake you cannot fake that reaction. You cannot make your arm move like that if you consciously tried. And that's when I started thinking like that this might be like an actual thing. And then they dumped all the research and I I keep like 500 pages of uh, medical and psychological research on every subject of hypnosis possible from academic achievement to helping bone growth to controlling blood loss in surgery, uh, which is apparently a thing that you can do with hypnosis. Yeah, There's a report I have from UC Berkeley medical center on how you can use hypnosis to control localized blood loss and the surgical suite. I don't know. Uh, and the only thing I can think is that our subconscious controls so much more than our memory and associations. It also controls our bodily regulation. And you, we've all seen videos of those like monks in Tibet that mm-hmm. can sit naked in freezing temperatures and you can throw a wet towel on them and they dry it off and they never shiver once. And that is simply an expression of an exaggerated theta state. You have enough experience within that part of your mind to take over manual control of certain functions of your body. And that is something that everyone is capable of doing. One of my favorite things to do, uh, it's not here right now. I have a little thing called a galvanic skin response meter, and it has a temperature probe on it. And one of the things I do for mental training is you tape this probe around in the palm of your hand and you sit there and you concentrate on lowering the temperature and raising the temperature. And it's only going to be by about one degree, but it's still causing your skin temperature to fluctuate by your own will. And it teaches you the breathing that you have to do to get into that state, the things you must concentrate on to affect that change. And it is a machine. There is no fooling around with it. It is simply what it is. And the first time I sat there and really let myself go into that and willed that temperature to go up and saw the needle start to spike up, it freaked me out because it implies so much.
1: Well, you know, Robert, I mean, you, you're you hit on, on a very um, important piece of the discussion here about the power of the mind, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we all know that Humans barely use their mind. <laughs> As yeah. The smartest of us, you know, are using a small percentage of what the capabilities are—at least that—that that are identified in terms of what the mind could be. And you know, ten percent will almost do crazy stuff. I mean, that's what well, the, that is. are saying
0: that is a myth. Uh, we use one hundred percent of our brain. What that ten percent comes from is our conscious mind. That is go. what that means. Uh, it just, but that's big. That's that's, that's big. big. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the data got misinterpreted. The other 90% has a lot to do. You have a wildly complex machine to maintain at all times. And people don't realize that people don't realize how complex your body is to just make wake up in the morning and the amount of incredible processes it needs to do that your brain dwarfs any computer out there, no matter how you, the, the dumbest one of us still has a brain that can outperform a computer simply because of the functions that we are not even aware of. Do, do you know how much of a miracle your circulatory system is? I mean, it's the, the, the things that exist in the human body that your brain is in control of are truly fascinating. And that's one of the interesting things I like to do with people as, uh, cause I like to throw in some fun sessions every now and again, like if, if we've worked on weight loss for several sessions, well, this next time we're going to take a trip through your body. You're going to be able to perceive your respiratory system to perceive your circulatory system and actually actively notice these parts of your body that you've never given notice to before that you can, that in hypnosis, you are capable of feeling the blood go through your body. You are capable of feeling the oxygen go throughout your body. When you breathe in, you are capable of altering your perception to notice all of these different things because they're just filtered out. Uh, Like we spoke about with the RAS system, it filters stuff in, it filters stuff out. One of the wildest examples of it. Sorry to interrupt you.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead.
0: Is uh, I think it was in the 80s or 90s. Uh, there was like a jetliner that had to make an emergency landing. I think in Japan. And um, like 12 people hit it. And when asked, "Well, why did you run your car into the giant white jet?" Uh, they didn't see it because where in your where in your homeostasis, in your life script, in your perception of what reality is, does a 747 pop up in front of you on the highway? So your brain just filters it out as useless information, and then you hit the plane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> uh, that is interesting. Well, you 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 mentioned something earlier, and I think that's that's a reality to all of us listening, watching, and and you know, it's important. You mentioned something about the the capabilities of the mind, right? If you think of something, uh, you know, long enough, and you you really believe in it long enough, it, it becomes real. Mm-hmm. And and you know, good or bad. So we Absolutely. refer to it sometimes mindset, right? It's it's yep. all about the mindset, but really, it's deeper than that. I mean, if you really think positive, and want things to be positive, and up positive, you'll start seeing positive. You see the results.
0: Yes, I'm and, I'm evidence of that. I spent most of my life as an intensely negative, hateful person, like not even hateful towards anything specific, just kind of hated everything. And it's because of that, it blew my mind when a couple of people from my past learned that I was helping people now because they're like, really? (laughs) Him? Okay. How did you do that? Um, but it's there, there just came a time when I realized that All I saw was the negative because all I thought was the negative. And it's again, that reticular activating system. Oh, all you see is negative. All you want to see is negative. We are just going to filter out only the negative into your perception. So yeah, that's why it's so difficult whenever somebody's like in a depression to, and you can tell them how great their life is until your face is blue. It doesn't matter to them because their current homeostasis, their their life script says that everything is crap and that's all they can see. And that is literally all they can see. And it's not a fault of their own. That is simply their brain feeding in different information. And that's, that's the wild thing about it. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm saying,
1: that, so they become really convinced of whatever that mm-hmm. reality that they've lived. Oh, yeah. and, and it's almost like, you know, they cannot accept anything different. And, they and, literally and, and, uh, don't
0: see anything different
1: there you go that's that, that's the yeah. keyword word not even seeing that it exists but yeah. you see here, here you've mentioned I mean thank you for sharing that with us but but really you said it you're a good example you've seen the world different mm-hmm. you made the transition and you see it not opposite you're helping people Absolutely. become better so so for listeners and viewers I think that's a great you know piece mm-hmm. of advice I mean it doesn't matter where you are today you can turn things around you can Absolutely. still you have the capabilities and the possibilities in within you anyone listening watching don't think that this is not something that you can achieve absolutely Uh, so so that brings us to your work you Mm -hmm. have mentioned a couple things you get a a client they have different reasons why they they seek your help and from a golf as you said you know i want to get a nice little you know run on that one it could be from an athlete, could be from, uh, you know, just in general. Like, like mm-hmm. I mentioned the example of food, right? Or like at least, you know, appetite. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this actually where people had um, different sessions where they – they actually I attended one session where these people have, you know, problems with their pain. Like they cannot really stand up. They had mm-hmm. bad, bad knees and things. And I've seen them going after the trends and really standing up like there was no pain. Mm-hmm. Now Now you would think like – Again, as a skeptic, you know, you'd be like, Wow, come on, that's that's a trick. It was not a trick. These are the same, I've seen these people actually coming in on a wheelchair to the ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're not part of the show. And they did participate and they saw a difference in that particular half hour, you know, session that they had. So it is definitely real. And and we've seen people in the time of fear and things doing stuff like picking up cars, doing stuff that mm-hmm. that you might even think about. And this is not you know fake. It's real. We've seen it out there. And so your work is really to get the people to change, basically, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Now, now that brings us to the skeptical part or the, the scary part. Mm-hmm. You have suggestions that you you present to people, and you mm-hmm. you know. And so, I, I it's funny because I was watching. Uh, there's a movie on Netflix is called uh, Hypnotic.
0: <laughs> I know. I have done three interviews so far debunking it.
1: Uh, good well uh, yeah so perfect. perfect because people are gonna watch that movie and they'll be like damn i am not going close to any no therapist. you can keep
0: an eye on my website and i'll have many interviews being posted over the next few weeks of ones i've done specifically because of that i made myself endure that movie because of debunking it i've my notes on it are around here somewhere i actually took notes on that garbage movie
1: <laughs> well, again it, it's movie right so like you said earlier it's not real but 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 it is hypnotic <laughs> literally because people are seeing that they seeing it, perceiving it as reality and mm-hmm. that's what they take and that we'll talk about suggestions and 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 like literally associations that we live because early on mm-hmm. in the beginning of the show you talked about it's every day in front of us mm-hmm. we're getting things on tv marketing all that so we'll talk mm-hmm. about that. but really so so people are afraid if I go to you right now, I'm on the show. If, if, you know, you wanted to really take me under, (laughs) you could, and, and there's nothing I could do. You can make me do things, you know, but that's, that's the question is because people will think, can you really do do harm with hypnosis? Can you have someone do something bad? And Um, I think that's, that's the dangerous part that, that people, you know uh well they're not it's not dangerous but people that think
0: is, it is a misconception uh you cannot be hypnotized into doing anything that you would be morally opposed to uh I you see. cannot ask someone to go against something within their own ethical structure i could not trance someone and be like hey stab that guy in the chest that's not going to be a thing uh if i were say in hypnosis or i had someone in hypnosis and i did something like that i made a suggestion that was wild that was something they would be opposed to they would come right out of hypnosis just like that like a bad dream that whenever your subconscious encounters something that jarring it's out it's it it puts the critical filter back up and it puts the conscious mind back forward it's the same reason that Whenever we have a bad dream, we wake up. Fail it's, safe. it's your fail safe. And these, these movies that exist that portray hypnosis in this weird light, it's all fake. The way they, they display it, it's, none of that could happen. Like that movie Hypnotic. That, one, they have that cop talking about how detectives use hypnosis to extract testimony. No, that is not a thing. That's actually not allowed in court. That's a quick way to lose your case. Uh, and there's all sorts of reasons for that. I can't make someone hallucinate something vividly in the daytime, like hours after the fact with some suggestion word. That's not the way it works. And they mentioned MKUltra in that movie. Yes, MKUltra existed. Yes, MK ultra worked with implanting memories and doing all this weird mind control stuff. That wasn't hypnosis. That was drugs. Like MK ultra and all the projects under it, like project bluebird project artichoke, they use drugs, intense amounts of drugs. And I was discussing this earlier today about that movie. Cause again, I have to talk about it more than I want to. Uh, sorry about that. No, you're fine. I, it's, it's something I do on purpose because it needs to be addressed because it is such flagrant BS that this, there's this, you, you can look into everything MKUltra did and what it was about. And hypnosis had little to nothing to do with that, but they know it's a buzzword. They know people will pay attention to it. And everything that they show hypnosis to be capable of in that movie, it is not, it's that's simply not how it works. You're aware most of the time in hypnosis outside of the deeper levels of trance. And I actually showed this during one of my most recent interviews. So this is a little blurry. This is what's called the Aaron's depth scale. And this represents the different levels of trance. And between level one to three, right here, that's called the nematic trance levels. You're fully aware. Everything that's being done, everything that's being said, you are fully aware. Now, these next three, that's the amnesiac trance. Uh, starting at level four, you'll get about 20% memory loss, up to 50 and 80 plus. And these things, these different things, uh, even though the picture is crappy and blurry, they have different aspects of the things that can be achieved all the way up to the, the sixth level of trance, which you can actually operate on people with. There is something called hypnoanesthesia that has been used many times in the past. And one of the things they don't talk about in that movie, because of course they don't, is you cannot go into that a level of trance right away. I have clients that can reach about level five. I would imagine. Uh, they are the ones that have worked with me for an extended period of time who have grown to trust me, who have grown to associate my voice with trance heavily. Those are the clients I have that I can pretty much sleep, sit them down and go, all right, you're ready. Cool. Deep sleep. And they're down. And they like, that's, that's the core lesson from that is that the, the primary ingredient of hypnosis and hypnotherapy is trust. If you do not trust me, I cannot hypnotize you. I, uh, I have an interesting document that is the uh, CIA investigation on hypnosis for interrogation. And basically the conclusion that it comes to is, yeah, you could technically use it if somebody was totally unaware that they were being interrogated, but if somebody knows that they're being interrogated, knows you are trying to use hypnosis, you're not going to do a single thing against them. And that's because the primary ingredient of what's called heterohypnosis, which is where I trance someone else is trust. It's trust in my ability and my authority and, it's without that present you you won't go very far and that's the go ahead
1: no i was gonna say Robert. so that's because i've seen this when there are people that they call on stage for example you know they just basically do not go under mm-hmm. it's just almost like they refuse to be under the actual you know uh, hypnosis and they just basically and, and i've seen the, the the people that on the stage i mean the hypnotherapist they just say you know what thank you very much have a great mm-hmm. day and, and leave Because they're not, they're not even feeling it. They're not even into it. Mm -hmm. So they're not even allowing anything to happen. So you're right. You can fight me all day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so that, that brings me to a question earlier. You said you cannot potentially get someone to do something if it's against their moral ethics. Right. Mm -hmm. But now let's say you don't know me. (laughs) I can be a bad, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. bad everything in my mind. Right. And, you put me under that that trance and all of a sudden you know my bad you know comes out <laughs> and so so how do you how do you prevent that if someone i mean literally cuz someone can say well you said you cannot have someone do bad things but if i'm a bad person you know maybe that's what's going to be triggered or maybe that's well, just
0: also a myth if i mean in theory if you had someone who was say intensely sociopathic mm-hmm. and you hypnotize them in theory, yeah, you probably could get them to do something really pretty bad, because that's within their realm of moral acceptability. You're not asking them to do anything that is outside of their realm of possibility. Their homeostasis totally involves them doing violent acts. So they so do it anyways. <laughs> they do it anyway. Right. right. Uh, where the trick in that is, and this is part of the reason you don't really work with people like that how do you get them to not do it? How do you yes. get them in hypnosis to get that emotional reaction that they're supposed to have? And there is some work done with that. I, um, I very rarely work with a psych referral, though I have in the past. And what that means is this person's undergoing psychiatric treatment and their doctor believes that hypnotherapy will be a good addition. Um, many things that I work with, I require medical referral or psychological referral to work with. If we're working with pain at all, I'm going to need a referral from your GP. If we're working with a diagnosed mental condition, PTSD, clinical anxiety, clinical anything, if you have an official diagnosis of it, I need a referral from your primary care doctor. And part of the reason for that is to be able to work together. I love working with people's doctors and therapists and things like that, because at that point we get to communicate. I get to talk about the work I've done. You tell me the work that you've tried to do. We compare notes and we actually help this person. And I've had a lot of luck with that. And that's a lot of fun to do because you you come together as a team to make sure that this person improves. Mm-hmm. so it's, it's one of those interesting things that, um, my scope of practice is really wild because it's whatever is I can get the sign off for. If that doctor believes it can help and that client believes it can help. I could work with in theory, anything. There's some things I don't work with, um, any type of schizoaffective disorder, is very risky to work with in hypnosis because the map's different, is really what it boils down to. Uh, I, I, with pretty reasonable accuracy, can assume most people's association with most things. Uh, A fire hydrant isn't going to scare you, yet a schizophrenic or somebody with schizoaffective disorder, you don't know their associations. You don't know what's going on in their mind and what could be perceived as completely harmless could trigger an episode in them. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that's one of those things that I have peers that work with those types of clients and I just prefer out.
1: <laughs> well, listen, I mean, it's a comfort zone, right? But, but you yeah. did say something very interesting. I think that is noble because in a way you can, if someone had bad, you know, personality or bad, you know, tendencies, and they're going through a psych, you know, type of, of, you know, treatment. You can actually almost suggest them to be different and, and, mm-hmm. and help them to a degree, maybe uh, almost inhibit, you know, those tendencies and and, and and really not remove them because they're still somewhere, but you can give them like almost make them disappear, at least for a phase. And maybe with, with long-term treatment, they can eventually. Well,
0: it's, yeah, it's, it's creating positive associations, positive anchors, things like that. And I it's one of those things that I kind of experienced myself that I was able to change my own perception, Uh, kind of personal information. But like I said, I've kind of been a negative person in my past previous to the relationship I'm in. Now, my longest relationship was 364 days and uh, I had never had a relationship that I didn't cheat. And now we just celebrated our two year anniversary and I've, I've never even thought about the, the idea of cheating or anything like that. It's, it's, I can say how effective this is to alter your mindset because my own mindset has been completely changed. The way that I view myself, the way that I view other people, the, the standards that I hold myself and my mind to, the thoughts that I allow myself to think, the way that I speak to myself in my own internal monologue. These are all very important things to crafting the world around you. And I I had an idea that if my world was so negative because all I did was think negative thoughts, could I make my world positive by thinking positive thoughts and doing positive things? It turns out The answer to that is yes. And it's actually way easier to do than the negative aspect because it's way easier to maintain positive thinking when positive things happen. It's, it's just easier. It's easier to live that way. It's easier to interact with people that way. And, you know, not waking up miserable at your own existence is cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny
1: because, because I can, this is something that that's personal to me, but most sometimes i get the ask question well, what's wrong with you like you know there's always something wrong with someone right mm-hmm. <laughs> especially at uh, job interviews and things like that they'll ask you that question and for me one of my problems is that i cannot see negative mm-hmm. I, I just cannot seem to to i you give me any situation i'll find something positive in it right and you know in a way that may be something <laughs> faulty there <laughs> because well, i have no. to be able yeah, but again that's just my way right yeah. um, so but but you know that was just to relate to you but now i have a question Mm -hmm. have you ever (laughs) hypnotized yourself can someone hypnotize Mm -hmm. themselves
0: oh yeah absolutely those were my initial experiments in whether or not hypnosis could work uh self-hypnosis was one of the things taught in my school pretty early and um it's it's pretty effective uh my first experiment with hypnosis was i i just learned self-hypnosis and i was like well i'm gonna see if i can't make myself like get up earlier and be more productive. Cause I'm I'm very much like the wake up at noon type. Doesn't matter if I go to bed at midnight or I go to bed at 8 a.m. I'm waking up at noon. Um and I just kind of wanted to see. So I went through the process of self-hypnosis and gave myself the suggestion to get up earlier and do something. And that first day, nothing happened. Second day I tried it and I ended up, it was around 9.30 in the morning before I realized I'd already been up for an hour and be cleaning the house. And it just kind of dawned on me the way that happened. And ever since then, I've realized how powerful giving yourself suggestions could be. Now, like, you're not going to really overcome personal trauma or anything like that with self-hypnosis. But if you're talking about, focusing motivations or, uh, feeling a certain way throughout the day. Yes. That's very important. It's very doable. Uh, the easiest way to give yourself self-hypnotic suggestions is morning affirmations. Uh, like I said, 30 minutes after you wake up, you are naturally in the state of trance. So that's why morning affirmations even exist. Those are literal hypnotic suggestions for the day. And so it, I used to think it was the corniest thing ever. But if you wake up and tell yourself that it's going to be a good day, that you're going to be happy and that you're only going to see the positive in things, you will, because that's your subconscious listening. It is, it interprets that very literally and that will shape your day. On the flip side to that, if you wake up and you're convinced yourself your day is going to be crap and everything is going to go wrong, yep. That's exactly what's going to happen.
1: <laughs> bad, bad day. <laughs> bad day. Well, well, again, from this platform, we do not want people to wake up in the morning no, and say bad. absolutely It's no. always good. Wake up and, you know, it's a nice day. Life goes on. Say something to positive
0: be- to yourself. Say something encouraging to yourself. And if you can't do that, say something encouraging to someone else. And just that alone will begin to, to help. Because my big thing is one of the things that is critically wrong with the world is we're just terrible to each other on a day-to-day basis as we interact. Mm -hmm. And it really boils down to, if even if you're just going to be nice to one person every day, go out of your way to do something nice to one person, open a door, help someone into their car who has mobility issues, do something out of genuine altruism. And that will spread. That one person will remember that because we've all had good things done to us randomly by a stranger. And we remember it all the time. And that's one of the things you need to keep in mind. We remember kind strangers. All of us do. We could all remember that. So you can be that person to other people. You can be that person people remember. And if you do that, they move on with their day to be nice to somebody or everyone and that causes a chain reaction at the same time again the opposite also works that if you're an ass to somebody in the day you ruin (laughs) their day and they're going to go through and be an ass to everyone else so it all doesn't matter how you feel in the morning if everything is just bad go do something nice go do something that makes someone else feel good because one of the things that needs to be remembered is we're social animals. We're not made to exist alone. We exist around each other for a reason. And that matters. What you say to people matters, even if it's just a stranger. Even if it's just giving up your seat on a bus to someone that needs it. Everyone else sees that. And it's up to it's up to people To provide an example. And that's really what I came to learn. My mentor, a man named Joe Burns, he's a great man, uh, really instilled something in me. And that's what it means to be influential. And we're not talking about like an influencer or something like that. That's not what that means. To be influential means to set the example, uh, then have that be a good example, not fake and plastic but to actually show people something genuine because when you see somebody when you witness somebody do something genuine and do something kind it does something to you seeing that kindness affects you and that's why it's so important just be good do good things that's not a political thing it's not an ethical thing good is good Helping people's helping people. It doesn't matter beyond that. And if you can do that, if you can, no matter how bad you feel, wake up every morning. And even if you hate yourself, if you can convince yourself to show love to other people, eventually that spreads to yourself. And there really is some merit into the whole treat others how you wish to be treated. Because and everyone assumed that that was about the way that everyone else interacts with them oh you treat others the way you want to be treated because you expect that treatment back no it's your own self-perception it's how you treat yourself that's just the way you treat others and you speak to others in the way you act towards others is an extension of how you feel about yourself And when I came to realize that, when I realized that this negativity and this hatred was an expression with myself of my own personal discontent over different aspects of myself, things kind of changed. And I began to do good and to to help heal people. And in that, I received the same. I had no expectation to, but through helping other people, I've helped myself possibly more than anyone else. And they had an interesting saying early on in my training, which is you're your first client Mm -hmm. that every therapist or hypnotherapist or psychoanalyst or whatever it is, you are your first client. And until such time as you can foster change in your own mindset, in your own life, nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody's going to want to work with you. But when people can hear you and see that you've done everything that you talk about, that you've, that you've walked that path and that you're here to help guide other people down that path. And that's all it is. (laughs) Hypnosis is not a superpower. I'm not doing anything. Uh, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Um, I'm just a guide. Like I'm not doing anything. I'm not giving you anything. You are just following along and you're getting there yourself. And that's the thing that has to be emphasized that once somebody has seen true change, once you've lost the weight, once you've overcome what you needed to, it needs to be emphasized at that point. I didn't do a single thing. All you've been paying me for is to hold your hand and show you the way. That's it. And after I've shown you the way, the path's clear. You can keep going down it and which is one of those things we talk about like guarding our mind against everything around us, the, the invasive influences. That's part of it. That once you've walked down that path, it begins easier to see the dangers on that path. And you start to notice all of these different ways uh, in the world that hypnosis and suggestibility are used against you.
1: Robert, first of all, those are, I mean, this was powerful. The, the, this last five minutes was, was a true power, you know, trip because, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't mean it in a negative way. It's, yeah. it's a true power, you know, uh, of, of humans. I mean, really, the advice here is about being a good person. And that starts with you. Yeah. And, you know, if you dish it out nicely, I mean, everything else will become positive in your life. And I think that is a, a, a very strong message for our listeners and viewers right now. Um, so I have a question. am i right now hypnotized
0: (laughs) oh no you you know (laughs) (laughs) maybe (laughs) it'll take me a couple minutes
1: (laughs) oh boy (laughs) (laughs) well would you would you actually consider doing that on the live show one time and maybe we can do it you know absolutely but but i wanted to just ask this you know the way first of all thank you for clarifying everything about hypnosis because to your point there's so much May well not so much, but there's definitely a negative, you know, aspect, you know, that people yeah, may think definitely. about or perception. You've clarified that to to all of us listeners and in and, and viewers. But I think also, it I don't see a downside to it I, based on what we have right now. It's all upside, and I think mm-hmm. people can really use it to change their lives to better. Period and out. Uh, exactly. I mean, to your point, unless I you know have like crazy tendencies, you know, and those are the exception the majority of the world will, and even those can benefit from it in a yeah, way.
0: absolutely. But
1: really, if we, we want to do something better in our lives, we want to be better educated, whatever it is to help us, you know, guide us and, and, and tap into that subconscious, you know, level and really get into it, you know, a zone, I think it could be done. This is absolutely. a great resource that that can be used for everyone. So I would mm-hmm. literally suggest... People to reach out and and and, you know Mm -hmm. find out more. There's there's nothing that's gonna be. You said it yourself. You can even self hypnotize and you can help people. Absolutely. Just get a little bit of taste of that, and then if I get a taste of it and I feel good about it, you know, I want more.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And (laughs) And one of the things that I do is uh, I teach a lot of classes. Like I uh, I have like four week, six week, and eight week programs that I'll work with corporations or schools. And I will teach them about hypnosis it's about setting goals and focus and all of these different aspects. And the last class is always on self-hypnosis about how all of these things that we've done this past four or six or eight weeks, here's how to be able to do them with yourself. And it's self-hypnosis is still one of those things. I practice all the time. I practice it so much. I have unique ways of doing it because I found shortcuts to it in my own brain. Uh, because like I said, we all go there. It's, 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 a place we go every single day. And it's just a matter of knowing what that, what that state serves and what to do with it. And most of the time we live only in our conscious mind and that's nothing. There's nothing there. It's just the present, but to live in your subconscious, to interact with your subconscious, you, you examine the way you think you examine the way the world works and why and how. And one of the interesting side effects that a lot of my clients talk about is an intolerance of negativity that these people that are around them, that that that's just, just not a good influence they can no longer tolerate people like that because you see you see the poison that these people are trying to spread around and you don't see it as anything hateful or this person as an enemy you see it as this person is intensely wounded and this is their way that they're trying to compensate for it but you can't be around that because of suggestion in the way that your mind works. I'm very big on the sanctity of your mind, that we just run around letting all of these influences in, be it people or advertising or whatever have you. And that it's so important that we gain control and familiarity with our subconscious, that we, there's this whole aspect of health that's, it's not emotional health, it's not mental health, it's not physical health, but it's all of these things plus more. And it, the, the, the best way I can think to describe it is subconscious or psychosomatic health, because it's your mind and your body. It's the integration of the whole system. And it's basically the equivalent, the mental equivalent of computer maintenance. You have old associations that need to be altered for more positive, healthy living. You have old learned behaviors that need to be reevaluated so that you can grow better as a person. It's simply just altering your programming to be able to be a more ideal version of yourself. That's it, Mike.
1: Well, well, Robert, I mean, you know, listen, I mean, this, this, I don't want to end this show to be honest with you. I still have a lot of questions and we might have to definitely book a second. But, you know, we've actually exceeded the hour okay oh, but but it, it's all good uh, listen i mean it uh, and i i need flu i mean i that's that's the great part but i think i think one of the the elements i'm getting i mean you i mean the way you're describing it and the way you're presenting it to to, to us right now it's simply tapping to the power of your mind i mean yeah. and and, and getting the maximum out of it which which is important i mean anyone can really really be successful if they did that uh,
0: so, your mind so is we, a fantastic computer and you really have to learn what it's capable of and it's capable of more than you think.
1: Oh, we definitely going to book
0: a second one here
1: because I, <laughs> I'm not even done asking questions. <laughs> Feel free.
0: I love so, to come back.
1: All right. Well, listen, you know, definitely we're going to do that. So we'll hold that, you know, for the next show. Cause okay. there's, there, there's a few things that there are a few things that I still want to, you know, uh, uh really, and maybe we can do a little demo. <laughs> I would, I would love to, you know, we'll do something where, all the listeners viewers for that show can take something benefit i don't know if it's just think positive i don't know maybe imagine if we helped you know thousands of people through this view to, to become mean, positive people imagine that i
0: do group hypnosis all of the time i'm think it can be the the wording between one-on-one hypnosis and group hypnosis is a very subtle change it's just huh? the changing around of a few different words but well, I have I've, to give a warning on the absolutely. show
1: warning. You will be hypnotized. <laughs> so, it happens. Uh, but yeah, thanks uh, for having me on, man. It was a lot of fun. No, it was great. And 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 frankly, it, it's, uh, you know, we can I mean, there's just so much that that can be done mm-hmm. here. And I think there is more. So so I do want to guide people to towards your you know absolutely. access to access your services. What is the best way to I mean, I see your your, uh, you know, logo and signature on on the profile, but what is the actual website? And how can they reach out to you?
0: Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is through my website. It's mm-hmm. www.twinravens.org. My uh, company name is Twin Ravens Hypnotherapy and Research. I'm the only one. So if you can't remember the website, just remember the company name and you'll find me everywhere. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's always Twin Ravens Hypno, but I keep uh, a lot of my past interviews posted on my website. There's even some of them that I do live trance and things like that. Um, And it's, it's good information. There's suggestibility tests. And as always, I, anyone that has any questions, reach out to me. My consultation call is free. So it's just 15, 20 minutes and we can talk about What we can do together, what you need done, who you want to be, the way you want to live and what I can do to get you there. And anyone that wants to just check out the website, reach out, check out my old interviews, whatever you want. Shoot me an invite on Facebook, all that stuff. Follow me. All right, that perfect.
1: <laughs> well, listen, that's great. And and by the way, Robert, do you happen? I know I've seen this before, where you know uh, a few of the hypnotherapists that I've met, they had like CDs for different, you know, smoke. I actually have not yet.
0: I've okay. thought of that. Yeah. Here's the thing: the, the reason I don't do that kind of to wrap this up, I don't like pre-recorded stuff because it's it's the individual experience is so important. And yeah, I could probably do like sleep stuff. I've had some request for that and I'll probably end up having something like that. <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> uh because Smoking, that's pretty universal. Yeah. Smoking's kind of tricky because smoking's individualized. Okay. Uh but sleep and stress and things like that, that's a universal. And I've I've actually excessive thought about excessive eating, <laughs> excessive eating. But I've thought about uh, making those recordings before
1: <laughs> well listen we we definitely want to hear about that when it happens so you awesome. and i are in touch uh we will awesome. definitely gonna book a singing show so we can Excellent. dive into like you know today's environment and the impact of it and some other stuff so people can be aware of what's going on and maybe definitely. we can even have a live q a that day where i'd people love to can dial in and maybe check out i love <laughs> ask that questions all right. Well, listen. So, Robert, it's been real. It's been a, a true pleasure, and, and and I had fun. I hope everybody Good. watching or listening right now will be really enjoying this this episode here. And so, uh, thank you uh, from you know, myself from the channel. And uh, we'll be talking soon. So,
0: Excellent. folks, thanks for having me on. Yeah,
1: yeah you're welcome, uh, folks. Thank you for watching, you know, and listening on uh, the channel here on the radio. So, uh, we'll be talking soon. New guest, new show, new topic. Ciao for now. Bye bye.